What's going on, golf addicts, the tour junkies? We are we're here for the Sanderson uh, Large Cock Farms Championship uh, from Country Club of Jackson, but we are also going to break down the Ryder Cup. Thanks for joining us. It, it's going to be a great show tonight. We got some hot takes about this field. I'm excited about this field, Pat. Like I, I really, I, I'm, I'm researched up. Maybe too much. That could be bad. I'm glad you're excited because you're bringing the heat when it comes to the field and the okay. picks tonight. I, I mean, I got some play, okay. but I don't know if I'm, I'm as excited as you are. I've got some good fades I want to hit people with. I've got some takes tonight, so I'm excited about it. It's going to be a crisp show, as always, presented to you by FantasyNational.com slash TJV, one place to go. If you're betting on golf, if you're playing DraftKings golf, if you're playing one and done, if you're doing anything, anything, if you're spending $10 a week or more gambling on golf in any capacity, you need FantasyNational.com. And go to FantasyNational.com slash TJ to get 20% off any membership level, weekly, monthly, or annually. You can try it out for a week. If you love it, you can upgrade to monthly or annually and still keep the 20% off discount. We've been going there for four-plus years. It's our one-stop shop for all your stats, all your data. It's all licensed by the PGA Tour, so you know it's good. There's some Corn Ferry Tour data on there as well. It's the place to go. So FantasyNational.com slash TJ. We appreciate them supporting the podcast. And, of course, we appreciate you supporting the podcast. And you can support us. And support Fantasy National by going there. So we appreciate it. You can also, if you're watching on YouTube live, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Please do hit the thumbs up button and leave a comment. Uh, Actually, we're going to get into the Ryder Cup here. Uh, I would like to know a couple things in the comments. Number one, do you believe after the Ryder Cup that the Brooks Koepka Bryson DeChambeau beef has been squashed? Truly. Truly. And the second thing is your favorite non-golf moment of the Ryder Cup. So there was a lot of things that happened that didn't necessarily involve hitting a golf shot, what, were, what was your favorite moment? Put that in the comments on YouTube. That also helps us out. It's something very quickly you can do, and, and it's free, and it's easy, and it helps us out a lot. It helps spread the word. The algorithm picks it up and starts feeding the show to other people and saying, hey, you might like this. So leave us a comment. We would appreciate it. A couple things before we get into the Ryder Cup, Pat. Uh, we do have our boy Mark Hill. Mark Hill Sports, our new European Tour DFS and betting expert. 10-plus years in the uh, full-time in the betting industry, lives over there in Northern Ireland, and Mark is going to be dropping his very first solo podcast on the Tour Junkies podcast channels, wherever you listen to it, Apple, Spotify, whatever, as well as the YouTube channel. It should hit tomorrow at some point, Tuesday, or maybe Wednesday morning if prices and things are out late, but I think he should be good for sometime tomorrow, so be on the lookout for that from Mark Hill. It's the Alfred Dunhill Links Championship, three different courses. St. Andrews Old Course is one of them. It's a wonderful event. It's really probably the best European Tour event of the year remaining in 2021. So Mark Hill, big shout out to him. Appreciate that. Also, we recorded the Luke List podcast last week, and it blew us away. It was, it was one of the best, top, I think maybe top five interview all time we've ever done. Just front to back, good content. Luke was phenomenal. Sat on with us for about 56 minutes. Just a great dude. Gave us some really good takes, good insight. Uh, That will be dropping on YouTube and audio podcast as well this week on Thursday or Friday maybe. So be on the lookout for that. A lot of good content coming to you. Also, one last thing. Don't forget, if you're not already subscribed to the Chalk Bomb emails and the Heavy Petting emails, then what are we even doing? Um, The Heavy Petting email went out first last week or two weeks ago for the Safeway. Or Fortinet, sorry. I thought it was great, Pat. If I do say so myself, it was great. One of the things that I'm doing in that email for, this, for the rest of 2021 is I'm giving you two Corn Ferry Tour graduates, now rookies on the PGA Tour. I'm giving you a little snippet on these guys, some background info. What kind of players are they? What do they do well? What do they not do well? Kind of their, their caliber entering this PGA Tour season. Uh, so if you're trying to learn some of these new guys on tour, it's a great place to go. The heavy petting email, free. If you subscribe to the Chalk Bomb, go to tourjunkies.com slash chalk bomb to subscribe to that plus the chalk bomb comes out so there you go all right i think that's it for announcements let's get into the Ryder cup pats what a what a weekend it was so mm. fun it was an absolute uh uh just just beat down pure dick punching session and the u.s was not the dick in in this scenario if you know what i mean so fantastic stuff I, we both watched a ton of it great to see before we get into the hot takes though how about the dj love on the tour junkies oh, podcast yes. We yes. hit three big DJ bets, three plus 750 
to be, uh, sh- God, now I can't remember, to be the top U.S. player points earner, plus, uh, 11 to 1 to be the top combined points earner, hit that one, and the big one, I mentioned three names on the podcast last week. I said Tony Finau, DJ, or Justin Thomas potentially going 5-0 and in their matches. Those were long shots. DJ was 40-1 to to do it. We had a bunch of you guys tail that, tweeting us, Instagram DMing us, awesome stuff. I think we, we nailed that one. I mean, for, for us to get the long shot prop bet at the Ryder Cup is pretty on brand for us, I think. So pat on the back yeah. there. Uh, cheers to the U.S. And now to, I'll leave it to you, Pat. You have many, many takes for the Ryder Cup. Well, first off, it was just talking about that. I mean, that was a great play. But here is now all the nerds out there that are going to say, I just did it wrong. Fine. I, I'm going to, uh, you know, just whatever. DFS golf for the Ryder Cup. This is why it's stupid. Okay. I actually, I actually won money. I meant to tell you that. I like okay, triple well, my money. I did not win money, oh. and I'll, but I only entered one lineup. Okay. Me too. I entered one lineup. Me too. And it had DJ as the captain. Okay. If you have Wait. DJ as the captain who goes 5 and 0, the fifth person ever, ever. You lost history, money? And I didn't even win money. I didn't cash. I didn't cash. Dude, I had, the, I had Fee now in the captain spot. How in the world? I had DJ. I had, let's see, my team, I entered two, uh, I, had, I entered the $12 and the big $10. I yeah. just entered the $10, the big $10 once with DJ is in the captain slot. What? Now, that could also say how bad my other. Good God. Were. Yes. <laughs> but still, to have DJ in the captain's slot and not cash at all is kind of wow. stupid to me. We also nailed um, top European captain's pick, Sergio Garcia, plus 150. Um, yeah, it was a great week for that. But, I mean, we watched a bunch of coverage. We saw a bunch of things. On and off the golf course, we saw a lot. We did see the U.S. overwhelm this team. And it does look, this, this European tour team. And it does look like, you know, we said it last week, seven rookies on the Ryder Cup that don't have the scar tissue, that don't have the, you know, the, the beatdowns in the back of their mind from Team Europe over the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, right? And they were going to come in ready to, ready to kill somebody. And they did. And Europe looks completely not set up for even the next Ryder Cup. Uh, they looked good, old. A good long while. Yeah. So what, what are your thoughts? Give it to me. I mean, you said you had I, a bunch I, of takes. I, I was all in. I was so into the Ryder Cup this week, even though it was a beatdown. I mean, from start to finish, I was either watching it on TV or listening to it on the radio whatever it was fantastic i love it it's one of my favorite events um and there's just so much to take in and I, I know we don't have a, a ton of time to, to to go over it all but besides the beatdown, which you know by the way can we just get rid of this whole they're not a team narrative and they don't enjoy this event i mean yeah that's clearly look, put to bed just look what happened at the end okay they're all having a great time all right it was fantastic they acted like a team they played like a team you know, I mean, there really was like hardly any, like the only time I was even nervous was Saturday afternoon because I felt like that session could have been, like if, if the Europeans just kind of creeped in at the end on Saturday afternoon, like maybe I could have been nervous on Sunday. But then they didn't. And we just came out and dominated. We, it was like the first time ever I think we've won all the sessions. Let me say this. Though. This is for you, DB. Okay. I think... Bryson DeChambeau came out of this in extremely positive light. The folks loved him in Wisconsin. I think they're going to love him even more in New York when they get to Bethpage in, uh, what, four years from now. And he was interactive with the crowd. He did what they wanted him to do. He, he followed through. He hit a 417-yard drive on a par five and then eagled the hole, I think. Then he, on the first hole, on Sunday, hits the green, makes the putt for Eagle. I mean, Bryson, I think he was fantastic in this Ryder Cup. I really do. He was fun to watch. He interacted well, not only with the fans, he interacted well with the other players. Him and Scheffler were a fantastic team. You know, I think that Scheffler was the perfect partner for him also, because Scheffler's kind of a boring type dude. There's not a whole lot to him, but, he, but he's a great player. He's just low-key. He's low key. Yeah, he's low key. I was extremely impressed with how Bryson handled this. And now I thought it would be a good. Now he d- had a terrible time in Paris, but that's different, you know. I mean, it's you know over here. Look, 
you got to hand it to Bryson. I think he did a great job. I think, uh, you know, the team embraced him for this event. It may not be like this for, for, you know, I don't think the Brooks thing is put to bed. But, hey, they hugged it out at the end of the press conference. And I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. But okay. Bryson, Bryson is, is one part of the narrative that I thought was great. I have to admit it. Your boy, uh, Scott Anderson, uh, totally agrees with you there in the comments. Patty absolutely, absolutely did. Uh, listen, I, I, I do, I think you're right, but I think for all the reasons that he won people over are some of the same reasons why he actually loses people. And it's because he is rather attention seeking and it's, it's the, it's the kind of crap that gets him bad looks on social media, the, the, the videos with the Bentley and on the, on the private jet and the follow me around my house and watch me, you know, play around with my buddies that are like 22 year old TikTok famous. Like it, it, it's the attention seeking stuff. It was a perfect opportunity for him. That, that is an attention seeking event for, uh, for the teams, especially on U.S. soil. Um, I mean, a bunch of different guys were doing attention seeking things that we don't normally even see them do from laying the putters down to, to show that it was in, it was within the, within the leather that, like, there's all kind of stuff that these guys do, and so I think it was an opportunity for him to shine a little bit, which he did. So he took advantage of his opportunity. I'm not saying he did anything. I think he did what he needed to do. I do think he won some people over. But if you've been paying attention long enough, which I have. Now, I do have to go to a burner Instagram account to be able to see his, uh, his Instagram content because he blocked tour junkies. But uh, if you watch it enough, like, he is an attention-seeking <sighs> egomaniac. and um, listen. Every guy on the PGA Tour, I don't care who you are, they all, they all have big egos, right? There's just some bigger than others. But he just is. And so I think what's going to happen is by the time, you know, February rolls around and we see him play some more golf for March, maybe at the latest, he's going to have done something or put out another piece of content or said something else really stupid in a press conference or whatever it is that's going to reel you back in and go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I'm not a big fan of Bryson DeChambeau. Now look, I think all, that's all going to happen. But I, I do think there was, you have to admit, Bryson proved a little bit with the way he was received by the fans and everything else that he is good for the game. If you're talking about the overall I've never game said he wasn't good for the game. I, I think he's, he's great for the game. I've never he, said that. I know. I'm just saying he proved it even more in this event. And uh, look, it was it was just... He did a good job. I'll you, put it that way. You mentioned you, you watched it and you listened to it on the radio when, when you weren't watching it. I didn't have a chance to I, – well, I watched a lot of it, but I actually listened to a lot of it. And I do have to say this. I, I'm concerned for John McGinnis. Um, God love him. I love John McGinnis. We've met John McGinnis. We've been drinking yeah. with John McGinnis before. He, he's got like a gurgling sound in his voice that, that could, is rather concerning. Like I find myself driving and clearing my throat – when I don't have to, like subconsciously, I'm trying to clear it for yeah. him. Yeah. He sounds like the guy um, in like Dumb and Dumber at the bar when they feed him the rat poison. He starts making gurgling noises and he falls over. Like John McGinnis, can some, somebody needs to check on him. And he's walking up and down these golf courses. He's not the picture of health either, but he's a good announcer. But I just, I'm like, God, John, clear your throat, man. Um, that, that was one, one take. The Ryder Cup is actually, when you think about it, the, it's, it's the time for a lot of announcers to shine or not shine because. They have like they have all these walking announcers on every single like especially for the singles. So they have like somebody with like every single group. Yeah. As opposed to usually they just have the featured groups and that kind of thing. But uh yeah, you know, like Colt Nost. Who's great. I like I like Colt Nost. I there. think Colt Nost is He's great. He's a younger I mean, guy, younger if, voice, you know. If you're listening to him, you're kinda like I mean, could this be the first little person? announcer i've ever heard what are you talking about how can you hear that what are you talking about what makes him he sounds like a little person (laughs) that not not that there's that is the weirdest take i don't know how you wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that it's just like he has this this wee little voice you can't hear that (laughs) your voice gets super high pit all the time i know i do the same thing i probably sound just like him you sound like an angry little person (laughs) Like I'm an angry little a triggered, person. triggered little person. He's a knowledgeable little little person walking around the course. Um, but he, like, here's another thing, Rory McIlroy. Yeah, 
fantastic. I think he was fantastic. At, now, off the golf his course. Golf, yeah. <laughs> his golf was terrible. His golf was terrible. Yeah. Um, except for Sunday. And I thought what he did Sunday was very telling of, of him, not only his golf game, but also like his character, his just passion for the game of golf. He loves the Ryder Cup. He embodies everything that is about the Ryder Cup. Um, he he pretty much told you with his emotions that, you know, it means everything to him. He said even on, on the air he could give a shit about what his individual accomplishments are, but he loves the Ryder Cup. I think that kind of passion is what makes it such a great event. Um, he did not want to lose, obviously. Nobody does. Um, but there was obviously going to be a winner and a loser. But the way he he does lose in those type situations and and not just then, but in, in, in yeah. a lot of big events, he's a very polarizing person. Everybody wants to, you know, him to do great. And, and when he doesn't, he feels like he lets people down. But his answers in the, that interview and everything else were just fantastic. And I, I, I came out of it liking Rory even more. I already am a big fan of Rory, but I'm even a bigger fan now. You know, that was, yeah. that was a really cool interview. If you haven't gotten to see it, you know, search. It's all You've over social it, yeah. media. And then you, My favorite part after it was all over was the big team interview with the, Team USA. And freaking DJ was already sauced up. And he had to have gotten there rather quickly. DJ, yes. I mean, I, I watched. I mean, there was how much time did he have? I don't know. It wasn't that much time between the end of the Ryder Cup and the press conference. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I watch and listen to literally every press conference every week on the PJ Tour, and DJ is the most minimal talking, minimal words, like very, very like flat affect guy in the press room. We've all seen it. We all know it. And there is no greater sign that your buddy is hammered. If they're like that, if they're like a guy a few words, then when they start just saying everything. I mean, DJ, they would throw a question out to, it, to almost anybody, and DJ would grab his mic and start answering it. Like, he wanted to be yeah. the first one on the mic, and he had this look in his eye, and he was saying all these words. I think he had two microphones. I think he double-fisted microphones at one point. He, he had uh, Brooks, and, uh, Brooks and JT behind him cracking up like they'd seen it before. If you haven't watched the like snippets of that interview to see Hammer DJ being a completely other person in the press room, it was hysterical. And we all have friends like yeah. that. Like we all have friends that can just they're one they're one person when they're sober and they're another person when they're not. <laughs> it was on full display for DJ. It was really fun to watch. That was hilarious to me. Of course, Xander and his cigars was that was blowing up the internet. That was everywhere. Um, I think Patrick Cantley was was one that kind of showed a lot this week yes. that, that people have not seen yes. I mean, from from the interview he get he gave early in the week to what he was like when he was playing his fire his energy yes you know the way he just processed everything and talked about everything yeah. like Cantlay made a lot of fans Cantlay made yeah and he made a bunch of people that already liked him like him a lot more he seemed like a real leader in there and he seemed yeah. like he had that real fire in the belly he seemed like he was ready to go out and do it for the U.S., like he had pride in what he was doing and what he was representing. Uh, I've never seen – I mean, you don't see him that emotional on, on, on the golf course at all. Um, but I loved watching Cantlay play this week, and I think he did, he did a lot. Um, do you feel like if JT and, and, uh, and Bryson had like a um, – both did an IQ test or they both took the SATs that like Cantlay maybe – would have a, a better SAT score than, than listen, Bryson? Listen, teaser for the Luke List interview. Luke List had a very interesting take on Bryson and Patrick Cantlay. Uh, you're not going to want to miss that one. It was very, very good. I think Cantlay is going to be a problem. I mean, we all knew that anyway. He's going to be a problem for Team Europe uh, in, in the decade to come and maybe more. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of stuff we could talk about. JT and Berger chugging the beer. It was great. All that was great. Um, I think, I think one last thing I'll say is give me a freaking break. And I know we've got, I just saw our boy, Alex hack watching from the UK and I'm sure Alex isn't like this because he's, he's watching our show, but I, I, I get tired of seeing the, the Euro Twitter sphere, mainly the journalist piss and moan and gripe about the fans, you know, at these events, because I, we were at, we were in Paris. Like I was in Paris for the beatdown that we took and we heard it all we yes. got we got some ourselves 
They were saying it to the players. They were, they were cheering when they hit bad shots. They were bummed, you know, when they hit good shots. They were saying stuff. Like, all of that. The Ryder Cup is an exhibition event that's a passionate event where things, like the normal rules and the normal levels of how things go on a golf course during a golf tournament are, are not the same. You don't have, it's like, a, there's like things allowed at the Ryder Cup, and, and it's unwritten, that, that are not allowed at other events, like even just a regular PGA Tour event. Yes. So give me a break with that yeah. crap, and don't act like you guys don't do the same freaking thing. But the softer than just absolute baby Euro media wigging out about it, if you guys think that's bad, wait, just don't, don't buy a ticket to Beth Page. Don't buy a ticket to Beth Page. And I'll tell you what you won't hear. You won't hear any, you won't hear me and you won't hear Pat when we go to Rome in 2023 because we're going to be there. You guys should come along. We're going to be there. You won't hear us talking about it or complaining about it. I don't give a rip. And neither do these freaking players. Like, I mean, occasionally they would tell somebody to shut up or, you know, don't, that's, that's too much. That's inappropriate. We were at Hazeltine when the guy went after Rory and like said something very personal to Rory or something like that. And he got kicked out of there. And the, and the Americans around him were telling him, dude, shut up. Like, that's way too much, way too far. You don't do that. Like, yes. But you, just, you guys just throw your panties in a wad and you write 15,000 words about some drunk idiot that says one thing and you just, or, or a couple of claps for a bad shot and act like you don't do it. Like, give me a freaking break. The European media for the Ryder Cup is, and they come out of the wood. I've never even seen some of these people. And then all of a sudden, all, they're all over the place when the Ryder Cup starts. God. And they're just hating on Americans and the fans and whatever. That's the most ridiculous thing. We see this all the time in SEC football, with, with football. I mean, everybody says these people have terrible fans, these people have terrible fans, yeah. blah, 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 blah. It's everywhere. It's everywhere, okay? Yeah. They do it in Europe. David and I have been there. We've been to Paris. Seen the same damn thing. Yeah. So shut up with all your crap about American fans and golf. That's just the most ridiculous thing I've ever but we do love our Euro fans. We love you guys. No, we awesome. love you. And we I'm love Mark Hill. About the Euro. I'm talking about somebody. No, I know. Writers. I know. It's just, anyway. All right, that's, that's Ryder Cup breakdown. Let's move on. Let's get to this week. The Sanderson Farms Championship uh, from Country Club of Jackson. It's a golf course we've been here since like 2015, right when Tour Junkie started. We went to Country Club of Jackson. Pat, tell us a little bit about the golf course, what we need to note. Yes, it is a par 72 playing a, uh, just over 7,460 yards. Uh, we got 156 players this, this week. Full field event, T65 and ties will make the cut. You got Bermuda grass, T to green. Uh, pretty, pretty wide off the tee here. Um, but we have seen that your accuracy guys have fared, fared pretty well out here. I think it's important you know, that you're hitting these greens in the right spots and the right angles to give, your best, you know, give yourself the best chance to score. Look, this is a birdie course. You look at the the scoring the last few years, it's definitely been, you know, right around 19, 20 under. Um, you know, I do think your ball strikers are the guys that do play best on this course traditionally, but we did see somebody like Cam Champ come back in here in 2018 and just bomb and gouge the course. But I still think it's a ball strikers course. You got to hit fairways, got to hit greens. You got four par fives here, 590 yards, 612 yards. You got a 554-yard par fives. I mean, they're all, you know, relatively gettable. Um, it's just a straightforward, classical course. You know, not a ton of trouble here off the tee and around the greens as far as hazards are concerned. So I'm going to be looking at, again, your good ball strikers, par five scoring. Uh, looking at strokes gained off the tee a little bit, but your guys that are coming in in good form. You look at your past champions. We had Sergio. 29 or 2020 he was 19 under talk about a good ball striker sebastian munoz in 2019 at 18 under cam champ at 21 under now here's where you got kind of your your straightforward just accuracy guys ryan armor mm. Mm. No. db's favorite db's favorite that's at the, 19 under i call ben little ryan armor on the golf course that's what he looks like and yeah he hits and then like, cody like cody gribble Cody Gribble. Cody hey, Gribble. Hey, we're old enough that we did podcasts before tonight, this week that Cody Gribble was in the field. Yeah. By the way, when I, I was looking at my last, um, one of my last course breakdowns, it said Cody Gribble minus two. Did I just forget to put a zero at the end of that? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. There's no way yeah, he, he was two he, under. He wanted minus 20. Gone. He wanted 20 under. <laughs> 
That's the quick. That's a. That's all I got. Yeah. That's all I got. I mean, I think it, you know. To note, since we moved to this course in 2015, five winners have been first timers. So this is definitely a spot that some of these new rookies can can hop on, or some of these guys who have been grinding it out. These journeyman PGA Tour players trying to get that first dub. Sergio kind of broke the mold there last year, but the field was a lot stronger last year with COVID stuff and the schedule and people needing to play. Um, it was just weird. So that, that's definitely an outlier. Going to be an easier course. The weather right now looks pretty mild and, and, and good. So I think you're going to see that 19 to 20 under be a thing. You know, I think those, those Bermuda greens you mentioned are really the only de- real defense of the golf course. They're fast. They're grainy. Uh, so I think that makes a difference. Guys that, that know what they're doing on these grainy Bermuda golf courses. Um, and the rough is not penal. I mean, you talked about Camp Champ. He's, he, he's quoted as saying, listen, you know, the rough's not that bad. If I can, I'd rather be further down there in the rough and, and have a shorter club into these greens, let's roll. So, you know, I, I do think that while any type of player the Country Club of Jackson has, has shown can win here, as you start to notice the trend, it, just like a lot of things, it is starting to trend towards more and more length. So um, I, if, if I'm in a coin flip, I'm looking at, I'm looking at distance. I'm also looking at guys who played the Fortinet. I don't know. I just, you know, if you haven't played golf since the Tour Championship or maybe the BMW, this could look like, if, especially if you're kind of a name, this could look like somewhat of a shake the rust off event for you. Um, but, you know, it doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, avoid all those guys. I just think in a coin flip moment, if you've already gone out there and done your thing at the Fortinet, almost regardless of how you played, um, at least you went out there and you shook the dust off and, and, and you're ready to start the new PGA Tour season. So uh, that's, that's just something that, that I'm paying attention to. But I'm excited about this field, and I like the pricing here. We're going to talk about it here in a second. We're going to talk about our favorite GPP plays, our fades. Um, I love the 6K. There's some names in the 6K range. I, I love the 6K range as much, maybe more, than I love the 7K range this week. Hmm. I, I, feel, I feel more excited in my middle about the 6K guys that I have written down than the 7K guys I have written down. So I'm, I'm pumped about that. Before we get to that, we do have to thank uh, one other sponsor tonight, and that is Kraken. Listen, if you're interested in investing in crypto, which you should be, right? Buy the dip, people. Buy the dip. Um, but you're not sure where to get started. Check out the Kraken app, K-R-A-K-E-N. With Kraken, you can buy and sell over 50 of the most popular cryptos, including Bitcoin, Dogecoin, Ethereum, you can do that on the go 24-7. It's really easy to get started. You just download the app, create your account, and you're investing in cryptocurrencies within minutes. One of the coolest things about buying crypto through Kraken is you don't need a lot of money to try it out. So even if Bitcoin's worth like 43K right now, you can buy it for like 10 bucks and just get your feet wet, start dipping your toes in, see how it works. So find out for yourself why Kraken has been one of the highest rated places to buy crypto for the last 10 years. This is not some new pop-up you know, crypto deal. Last 10 years, visit kraken.com slash tour junkies that's k-r-a-k-e-n.com slash tour junkies to learn more or search for kraken in the app store we appreciate them checking that out we, we now have a new nft and crypto channel in our discord server in the nut hut that i'm also excited yes. about yeah so i see a lot of i see a lot of takes being thrown around there all right pat speaking of takes let's get to it 9k and above range on DraftKings is where we're going to start three gpp plays and a fade I'm also going to, you know, I told you I was studied up tonight. I'm also going to try to give the people who I think the most chalky name is, and also I'm going I'm to give you some cash, cash names I like this week. I'm going to start with a fade, though, Pat. And this is a scary one. Uh, and for those of you asking, will I make him the chalk bomb? Uh, no, I probably won't, because I literally can only find one reason to fade him. Mito Pereira. Oh, is the fade, and it's a now. You know, I made the mistake of making him the Boone's Farm Play of the Week in the FGS a couple weeks ago, and that didn't turn out too well. That was at the Wyndham, I think, when he missed the cut. No, no, this was in Fortinet. Oh well, the Boone's. Oh, the Boone's Farm Fade of the Week. Yes, that was not good. He finished third. Um, Listen, Mito's a stud. He is a stud. He battlefield exemption on the Corn Ferry Tour, three time winner. Uh, He's got you know, he's he's got a runner-up he's got some top fives on the pga tour since he's come over in july like he's clearly got game he's a great ball striker uh fifth place at the barbasol sixth at the 3m third at the fortinet since he got the exemption uh, the guy just has t to green game all over him and he's he's been close to closing the door this could very well be a tournament where that happens however and and listen 
of the stats I looked at, I found no fault. Maybe maybe putting on Bermuda, but it's really a very limited sample size. So I'm not really I'm not really willing to buy that on Mito. He's probably fine. But dang, man, I just feel like Mito is going to be uber chalk in this range. At 9,900, I think people are going to load up on Mito. He's going to be talked about on every podcast. He's going to be written up in all the articles. And so it's strictly a game theory GPP play. I could see a world where Mito is around 30%. Now listen, regardless of his ownership, if it's 30% or it's 20% or it's 15%, if you love Mito, play him. I mean, I can't, I'm not giving you any other reason other than saying this is a pure ownership play for me. It, I will say this, though. It is a very small sample size we have with Mito, right? And this is golf. Like, weird things can happen. It's not like he's a perennial all-star, you know, worthy of being up here. I mean, if you, if you look at the body of work between him and a Corey Connors or a Sung J.M. right up there with him, right? Like, over the short term, Mito's been killing it, almost as good as anybody. But golf is a weird game, and things can ebb and flow. And so the only thing we don't have with Mito is a ton of information, although what we know is he's pretty freaking good. So for me, if he's creeping in that 25 30%, I just think it could be a really strong ownership play um, for Mito. So I'm willing to entertain the fade, is what I'm saying. Now, the three picks for me. I love Sam Burns. I'm going to play Sam Burns. I said I like the 6K range. I can easily fit Bermuda Burns in that bad boy. He's got the chops to come out here and, and obviously close the door. He should have won more golf tournaments than he did uh, last year. And, and I've been a believer in Burns for a long time. He puts great on Bermuda. He checks all the boxes that you need. I'm all in on Sam Burns this week. We saw him finish 8th at the BMW, 18th at the Tour Championship, whatever. Second at the St. Jude a few weeks, you know, a couple a month or so ago. I mean, Burns had an incredible year, and he's a class, he's a class player of this field. Um, getting a tournament where 1920 under is going to win, I love that as well. Uh, and then I'm going to roll with Sung Jay. I, I think Sung Jay coming around nicely here lately. In fact, I mean, he checks every single box I looked at putting, par five scoring, uh, his ball striking at this golf tournament has been good in the times he's played. He's gained, he's birdie or better. Recently, he's been solid approach. Everything is looking good for Sung Jay at 10-3. And we'll see. He could go, a lot of these guys ab- around Mito could go pretty overlooked. Um, so that's, those are a couple names up top that I think people would just pivot off of and say, I'm going to play Mito and then start from there. My final play is at the bottom, Charlie Hoffman at 9K. I love Charlie Hoffman. He checks a ton of boxes here as well, a lot like Sung Jm. He's also added a lot of distance. He's been doing this distance training stuff. He's already been a really good ball striker. He wasn't short, but he, he's definitely gained some power. Charlie pop in the Hoffman is doing distance training yep. now. Yep, he is. Um, I like that he came out, shook the dust off at T22 at, uh, at the Fortinet, 21st at the Northern Trust. I mean, obviously, this is a much weaker field than, than the Northern Trust, but I, I like how Charlie's game has trended towards the end of the year, and I like the value at 9K. He would be a cash play for me as well in this range. Or Mito in cash. Hell, I mean, if you're going to play cash, don't fade Mito at all. And we can talk about Mito when we get to the betting podcast. But uh, in GPPs, I think it's a bold call, and you might get burned. But it's one that I looked at and just said, I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards him. I could see him over that 30% number. So from a game theory play, I just think Mito could be the guy. Distance training. Yeah. I mean, when did when did golf have to get to that point? Well, golf should be a golf. Golf was meant to be a shot making game. It was that was what it's meant to be, not distance. Dude, you sound all like these all these people. All these people on Earth that all they want to do is talk about how far they hit it. Drive me up the freaking wall. <laughs> Nobody cares how far you hit it. Uh... Nobody. Okay. If you can hit a, I will swear, I swear to God, if you hit a drive 350 yards, well, let me back down it. That's actually impressive. <laughs> if you hit a, a drive 300 yards, I don't give a sh- crap. If you could hit a <laughs> freaking low cut around a tree to about five feet from the hole, I, I, I like, that's more impressive to me than distance. I don't care about how far you hit it. 
and all these people that come like the, the worst people in the world are the ones that tell me how far they hit it. I'm like, I, I'm out. I don't even want to talk to you because I don't even I don't even like it. I, I can't even golf is a shot makers game. Dude, it always should be. You sound yeah. like the oldest guy at Augusta Country Club, has, which, is hard to to do do. which is hard to do. Which is hard to do. Golf is not all about distance. That's Pat, not what golf is. Pat, you need to be doing distance training for, in preparation for our, our member guests in a month from now. I, why are you not doing distance golf, training? No, because I want to make shots. I want to hit shots. I don't want. I don't shots, care how far shots, I hit it. Shot, 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 shot. All right, get on with your picks. Damn it, God, that makes me so mad. <laughs> Charlie Hoffman. I hit one three twenty four the other day. I don't care. Um, anyway. on soft fairways. I've lost my train of thought. God, it makes your right, picks. Sung JM, I'm with you on Sung JM. Totally with you there. Okay. Um, here's a guy who can make shots that I like. Corey Connors. I like it. 10-1. I love Corey Connors I like this it. week. I think this is a great course fit for him. Yeah. You talk about a ball strikers course, everything. You know, he's got good history here. Uh, you know, Connors, right, you know, T seventeen. Pivot from Mito. Second uh back in twenty nineteen. I love Corey Connors. I think he is a, and it's, it, you know, like you said, a good pivot off of maybe me to there yeah. at 10 1. I do think Connors is going to have some ownership, but still, I do uh, like him this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is kind of a gut play because, you know, I don't know. I mean, his form isn't great right now. I mean, it's okay, but Cam Davis at 9,100. I like Cam Davis I'm down good. there at the bottom. Yeah. Now, Stats don't look great for him other than his par five scoring and his birdie or better percentage. So he does make, uh, you know, he does make birdies. He does do well in par fives. So I like Cam Davis from that standpoint. But at 9,100, I think uh, I think he could be a good play this week. So my fate is going to be Sergio. A lot of yeah. emotions with Sergio. Yeah. I mean, he's coming off. He won here last year. Um, you know, he it's a good course fit for him, obviously. But. I just think he's going to be just so damn tired, and he's he has to play obviously because he's a defending champion. But coming off the Ryder Cup and the emotion that it is, and everything else, he was kind of a leader on that team. I don't like Sergio at all this week. Yeah, I agree with Sergio Fade. Um, and like you know, Sergio came into this thing in pretty bad form and won it. So like, I, I think that could happen. Cam Davis should, if especially if you look out long term, should check a lot of boxes here. Obviously, he's one of the longest hitters up on tour. Great on par fives. He doesn't have to play from the fairway here. It really comes down to his approach shots and uh, and short game. So, uh, I think there's a lot of names up here that 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 are very enticing for sure. So, think about that when it comes down to tournaments. I mean, you know, we're playing GPPs. We're trying to finish. This is a reminder. We're trying to finish in that top like three percent, one percent of the entire GPP we're playing in. That's the goal. The goal is not to just cash and double your entry. The, the goal is to finish up there. So you got to yeah. have some leverage in the lineup somewhere. It doesn't mean you have to fade all the chalk. It just means you got to have some, some high upside leverage plays. And, and Cam Davis is certainly that. So if he comes in kind of overlooked because of the recent form and maybe you know, not checking as many boxes as we're used to him checking, I think that's a play that, that we could get down with. All right, AK range. I'm going to make this uh, pretty snappy. I really like. Uh, Carlos Ortiz. Oh, yes. Which is too. which sounds yeah. weird to say. Uh, I normally Smooth don't say sounds, that. Carlos Ortiz. <laughs> uh, now, clearly he's got a great record here. T3, T4 in 2019-2020. Missed the cut last year. Um, but, you know, Ortiz has some upside in him for sure. He's great on par fives. Uh, the ball striking at this place has been very, very good. Is if you look out long-term strokes and putting on Bermuda surfaces, he's 22nd in this field in terms of Bermuda putting, and he's just a really good total driver of the ball. He's got distance, he's got accuracy. Um, 35th in strokes gained off the tee recently, 41st in strokes gained approach. Uh, Ortiz is one that I definitely think is going to give you some leverage in tournaments. I don't see him being chalky. Could be wrong. Um, and then I, Seamus Power. I'm going to get on back on the Seamus Power bandwagon mm, yeah. at 8,800. Uh, had a decent end to the year with that 31st place finish at the Northern Trust, which is, you know, kind of middle of the pack. But that's a tough, that's a strong field, right? Coming off the win at the Barbasol back in July. He also finished 8th at the John Deere, 8th at the Rocket Mortgage, 10th at the, or 9th at the Byron Nelson. Like, Power can contend uh, for sure in, in, a, in fields like this. He 
makes a ton of birdies. He puts well on Bermuda. Uh, he's definitely long off the tee, hits it a long way. Uh, and he really, across the board, is very good in, in these major stat categories here. And I, I think maybe Seamus could be a little overlooked. I do think the chalk in this range is going to be Aaron Wise. Um, and, and in terms of cash, I think Ortiz is in play for cash. So those are, those are my plays. My fade here, and I, I got to kind of talk some people into this one because I think, I think there's going to be some folks here that, that like the name. They like the, they like the, the mystique of the typically uh, European tour stud, Matthias Schwab. And I like Matthias Schwab, too. We saw him at the Olympics. He, he got his car through the Corn Ferry Tour finals. He's a good player. Um, but just in terms of European tour stats, short off the, he's short-ish off the tee. He's not, he's not a bomber. And he's kind of middle of the road in driving accuracy. So you could maybe argue he's kind of a total driver guy. Horrible putter. But here's what I want to point out. Matthias Schwab is $8,000 on DraftKings, I believe. Is that, is that correct? Yes, he's $8,000. Mm-hmm. Do you know what his World Golf ranking is, Pat? I'll tell you. It's 134th. Now, World Golf ranking points, you know, based on the strength of the fields that you play, they're based on, you know, how you do in those fields relative to everybody else. But just to give you some names around that 134 number currently ranked in the World Golf ranking, there's some names that are up here around Matthias Schwab, but one would be uh, C.T. Pan is up near there. Keith Mitchell is kind of hanging around there. Now, let me give you some names that are not. Adam Long, Hudson Swafford, Martin Laird, and Sepp Straka are all within five to six ranking points in the World Golf Ranking as, as Matthias Schwab. I just feel like overall, he's not an $8,000 worthy player. So Schwab is out for me. That's the AK range. All right, well... I actually have two in here that are exactly similar to you, and that is Seamus Power and Carlos Ortiz. Uh, total so agreement in makes, the AK range. Oh, God. Makes me wonder how, how chalky those guys are going to be then. Um, my fade was Gary Woodland at 8,400. I, I just, you know, I mean, his stats are okay when you look at it. He hasn't played here in the last five years. His recent form hasn't been great. So I'm I'm just... I'm not loving Gary Woodland. I know he's a bigger name. He's a U.S. Open champion, all that kind of stuff. But not a fan of, of Woodland here at 8,400. Okay. Now, here's the guy that I think a lot of people are going to fade that could be an interesting GPP play, and that's Matthew Wolf. Uh, now, look, there's not a whole lot about Matthew Wolf that, well, I mean, is, his, that you can get excited about. Well, his game here, I mean, if Cameron Champ wins here, like Matthew Wolf is kind of a Cameron Champ type. So Yeah, and he could do that. Big but picture. He's, he's not in great form, does not check any boxes hardly in the stat categories. But I just think he could be an interesting play this week that you might want to look at in GPPs. Okay. All right, hit me with the 7K. All right, 7K. I'm going to start with uh, a guy at 7,700, and that is Scott Stallings. You I like know, it. We've seen him play well recently. You look at his form here. Finished T6 here last year. He's made four straight cuts here. Um, you know, and then recent results. You talked about early <laughs> earlier in the show about the Fortinet Championship being something that, uh, you know, you might look at as, uh, you know, just something to look at with the recent form and everything else after the break. Stallings finished T6. I like that as well. And then when you look at the stat categories for him, um, you know, he doesn't stand out in a ton, but he's like, he's very steady across the board. He's 40th in the strokes gained approach. He's 33rd in strokes gained ball striking. He's 33rd off the tee. You know, he's 44th in birdie, birdie or better percentage, right in the middle of the field and putting on Bermuda Green. So I think Scott Stallings at 7,700 makes a lot of sense. Another guy. Bronson Burgoon down here at the, mm. at the bottom here mm. at 7,300. He's been a guy that's, uh, you know, he's shown some uh, relative good form lately. T16 a couple weeks ago at the Fortinet. He was T60 at the Wyndham Championship. Uh, you look at the tournament history here. He uh, has some, you know, now he did miss the cut last year, but a T6 two years ago, he withdrew before that in 2018. Bergoon is interesting to me. I think he's going to be super low owned at 7,300. I like that. And here's my other guy at 7,500. And I cannot believe that I'm about to say this. Mm. I'm going with Luke List. Oh, my God. No way. No way. Yes. No way. 
I'm I am uh, I'm going to go with Luke List this week, and I think I'll say all kinds of things. <laughs> if Luke List can finally wow. perform for me this week, it will change the narrative forever for Luke List that I have that he never wins anybody any money. But you know what? We're releasing the podcast with him this week. It, there, I think there's a little bump there, and he finished T two here back in 2017. And we know he checks a ton of boxes. Like, he, he checks a lot of boxes here. I mean, that's just not even questionable. So, I mean, you know, bad have, putters. Bad putters have won here. Um, and, he, and he's literally one of the worst in the field at putting. But he's bad everywhere. Uh, I mean, another tease here with Luke List's interview is we, we addressed Pat in, in that interview. Me and Luke addressed Pat when he was not on the show. And then when Pat finally joined us, uh, let's just say, let's just say, my, you know, Luke is obviously a favorite player of mine. I, I think I'm the favorite tour junkies guy of Luke's as well. But uh, uh, it's interesting to see you now. Me. He didn't have enough time with Well, me. it's he interesting to see you now kissing his, kissing his ass uh, now. Um, I'm not kissing his ass. This, okay. is a, this is an actual pick okay. that I'm making. Okay. All right, move on. Did you, who's the your fade is Keith Mitchell at 7,800. Okay. All right. Um. I like the Stallings play for sure. I always like the Luke, the Luke List play. I, I'm going to throw out a few, a couple Corn Fairy Tour guys here. First of all, I think the 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 chalk play here, and this, this is scary because it's Patrick Rogers and and chalky Patrick Rogers. No way. Yeah. How is that a chalky play this week? Yeah. Well, because Rogers is checking boxes. He finished six at the Fortinet. He he kind of sets up well for this place. Mm-hmm. He's got a T14 back in 2019 at this spot. Um. Yeah, I just think that the, between his putting, his total driving, uh, his scoring ability, Rodgers could be a little chalky in the 7K range. I, I like him despite that, though, and I do think, um, I do think he's, he could be a look in cash. Um, I, like, I like Taylor Pendrith this week. Um, Taylor Pendrith, if you don't know, he's, gonna be, he's, gonna, he's a rookie on tour, a Canadian guy. All right, so I'll shout out all our Canadian friends. Last year on the Corn Ferry Tour, he didn't he didn't win, but he had eight top tens, four runner ups. He's one of the longest hitters on any tour. Corn Ferry Tour, PJ Tour doesn't matter. Doesn't hit a lot of fairways. Don't need to here. Finished on the Corn Ferry Tour, 18th in greens and regulation. Makes a ton of birdies, and this kind of surprised me too, because you think a guy like that, horrible short game, right? Probably there's got to be something wrong with him. No, uh, the reason why he finished fifth in the order of merit on the Corn Ferry Tour is because he's a complete player. He actually finished ninth on the Corn Ferry Tour in scrambling and top half in putting categories. So, like, the guy has some short game as well. I think Taylor Pendrith is a bad man, and I think this could be, uh, this could be an event where, where he gets a win. Uh, he's 7,800 on DraftKings. I think he actually, even though he didn't win on the Corn Ferry Tour, I think he could, I think he could fix that here. So, I like Pendrith a lot. And, uh, and then I'm going to go with David Lipsky. Down here at no, seventy two hundred, I, like I almost had him. I almost put him down. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I think Lipsky gives you some real made cut equity at seventy two hundred, and he's a he's a player. Finished twenty second at the Fortinet. Um, I mean, Lipsky is is a real deal guy coming off the Corn Ferry Tour. He's played and he's played a lot of different turn or a lot of different tours. He's a solid player, so I think he gives you a lot of that made cut equity and for cheap at seventy two hundred. The fade for me is another Canadian. Mackenzie Hughes is my fade. Terrible ball striker. He's actually way better on tough tracks. Um, he's not great in big birdie fest, easy golf courses. He's not long or accurate off the tee. That's a bad combination on the PGA Tour. If you're not long and you don't hit fairways, that's a hard life on the PGA Tour. In the last, uh, let's see, he's 84th in long-term par 5 scoring. Uh, strokes gained approach. Uh, this, is, this is telling. In 2021, the year, the calendar year, 2021, he has 19 measured strokes gained events that he played in. Only four times out of those 19 was he plus one stroke or better in strokes gained approach. And only two times was he plus one or better in strokes gained off the tee. Like, that's just, that's not the guy you want on a birdie fest. You want, if anything, you want to take the risk the opposite side, the ball striker that can't make a putt. But, I mean, I just don't buy Mackenzie Hughes at that price. Um, I mean, I know he's a, a PGA Tour winner, and, and he's competed at some big events, but 7,600, there are a lot of names I'd rather have than Mackenzie Hughes. So there you go. Okay. Before we get to the 6K range, I got, a lot of, I got some guys on here I think are really nice plays. 
Uh, I do want to remind everybody, the Nut Hut is still up and running, people. I know it's NFL season. I know you're not that interested in golf. But it's $10 a month. It's $90. We got NFL talk in the We do have NFL talk. Yeah. It's $90 for the year. You got people making friends. You got people. We had Brian Halverson and uh, I think it was Jason Valley Valley, uh, that met up at the uh, the Ryder Cup. They were just there at the Ryder Cup separately. They're Nut Hut guys. They met up, had a great time. Halverson, I saw, bought somebody some uh, merch from the from the, the Ryder Cup shop. They couldn't order online. Like, what a guy. You got lifelong friendships being made, a lot of friendly, fun banter. It's a great time. If you're watching on YouTube, when the show is, if you're watching live, when the show's over, comment and tell people why you love the Nut Hut. But get in there. We got DFS advice for obviously golf, but we've got every sport you can imagine, threads and channels over there on Discord. Just go to tourjunkies.com, click on Golby's Nut Hut, sign up, try it for $10 a month. If you don't like it, you can cancel. Okay, it's that easy. But it's worth it this time of year because we've got eight events here in, in the rest of 2021 where we can take real advantage of some of these rookies and, and some of these fields where there's a lot of value in different places. So uh, I, the Nut Hut's where it is. That's where you got to be. The caddy info is there. We get our, our, our weekly caddy info and updates up there. It's great. The weekly Wednesday night chat, which guess what? DB will be in there this week. My wife is in Africa drilling wells for people that don't have clean water. Praise God there, 28bold.com, shout out. So she's in Africa, which means, you know, I put the kids to bed and you guys get me. I'm going to be sipping on some tequila, and I'm going to be giving you some takes on Wednesday tequila. night. Tequila. I may, you know, I'm not going to be in there because uh, Big Pete, my dad's going to be in town. Oh, snap. Dude, uh, get him in there. He's got, maybe he can I'll play. Get, maybe D-DFS. I'll get him in there and, and uh, we'll mix it up. I'll get dad in the nut hut in the, in the voice chat yes. on Wednesday night. Yes, he'll give you all the Augusta Tide players. If uh, Vaughn yeah. Taylor, Scott Brown, Kevin Kisner, Charles Howell. Yeah. Luke List, Henry. Dad Kalender. does know his shit when it comes to golf. He really Fun does. fact, when me and Pat first started doing this, we started because we played in a $5 work league with our friends and buddies, and Pat's dad was in it and beat the tar out of people regularly in that league. So Pat's dad knows what's up. Get in the nut hut. All right, 6K range, Pat. I mean, there's some major mispricing in, in the 6K range. If you look at odds, if you look at top 20s, outrights, you're going to find a lot of the guys that I'm about to mention uh, in the same price on some of these sports books as some guys up in the mid-sevens, high sevens. So there's a lot of value here. The first one, and probably the most glaring value, can't believe I'm saying this, is at 6,900 with Rory Sabatini. May have been the, mm, the Rory yes. that the European tour should have had instead of Rory McIlroy. I week. feel like the, the DK just thinks they got to keep Rory at 6K in that range no matter what. I don't know why, because they can't put him in the 7K range. Yeah. Have you ever seen him in the 7K Yeah, we've seen range? him in the 7K. But, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, he, he's definitely volatile, okay? But he kind of came on into the year, played, played well in the Olympics. Obviously, he's been working hard for that for a long time. Finished 10th at the Wyndham. Um, you know, he's got a great record here, 12th, and, 12th last year, 20th in 2019. Uh, Rory Sabatini is, to me, some value. I mean, that guy's got top five upside, top 10 upside for sure in this field. So I, I think that's one. Another one, and, and you're going to hear more about this guy later, uh, well, later on this week. I'm a big fan of Nick Hardy. Nick Hardy is right below Nick him. Hardy, yeah. Uh, this kid is a stud, uh, number 20 in the Order of Merit on the Corn Ferry Tour. That's how he got his tour card. Listen, he's kind of an all-around bomber and accurate guy, like kind of great total driver. He was fourth in, in uh, greens and regulation on the Corn Ferry Tour last season, finished top 50 or so in scrambling. Top half in putting, not bad there. Just all around good at almost everything and makes a ton of birdies and eagles. But what I love about Nick Hardy, uh, almost more than that, is the kid's got some fire, all right? If you were paying attention last year, he Monday qualified into the Sony, he Monday qualified into the Waste Management, and he contended. Uh, T14 at the Sony, I believe. Uh, went on a little run there at the Waste Management. I think fizzled towards the weekend. But the, the kid's got some fire. Uh, he's another one, I think, kind of like Taylor Pendrith that could just pop up and all of a sudden... He's, he's going to be a name, and he, and he wins a golf tournament. He's right there around that Grayson Sig, Sabatini range. I think Sig is another one that we need to pay attention to. Um, but I'm going to give you two more, and then I'm out. Wyndham Clark, way down here at the bottom, 6,400. When I think of bombing, not having to be in the fairway, and making some putts, like that's Wyndham Clark. 6,400 seems like you know, a decent amount of value on Wyndham. Finished 17th here in 2018. It's just one that I'm willing to kind of take a, 
take a run on. I do think there's some upside. He did play the Fortinet, finished 30th at the Fortinet. So uh, I'm interested in, in Clark there. I'll be glad when I don't have to say Fortinet anymore. I, I will tell you that. That's the I'm worst tired of saying. Media. Terrible. I'm very tired of saying that. The last name I'm going to give you is one that I think we talked about last week or two weeks ago for that tournament. Uh, I think maybe you talked about him. Andrew Novak is at the minimum price of $6,000. He played, he played the Fortinet, missed the cut uh, in his first PJ Tour event. But Novak is also a stud. If you read the heavy petting email last week, he finished 16th in the order of merit. He is fully endorsed by our boy Willie Wilcox as one of the hottest players to come out and be a rookie this year. He's a Sea Island Mafia guy. And we hear stories that he's down there in Sea Island playing with a lot of big names down there and taking money on a weekly basis, him and his boy Grayson Sig doing that on the reg. Got plenty of Bermuda experience being down there at Sea Island. Uh, he was a winner on the Corn Ferry Tour, solo third uh, twice. He's got a great short game. He's kind of another driving, total driving guy, like not super bomber off the tee, but long enough, very accurate, great short game. Andrew Novak at the minimum price of 6000 could be a really nice GPP cut maker with, I think, top 20 upside. Okay. Boom. All right. Um, I may mention some guys that you talked about because there was a ch- there was a second there where I wasn't paying attention. Awesome. Maybe a minute. I don't know. Okay. Not, um, not surprised. I'm going to start, though, with Denny McCarthy, a guy didn't that... Didn't uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you didn't. Uh, and Denny McCarthy... Never really pops all that much. But if you look at his history here, it's very good. In the last three times he's played here, which is the last three years, he was T6 last year. In 2019, he was top 20 at T18. He was T7 in 2019. So despite what he probably, I don't know what his form was going into it, but it probably wasn't great because it's Denny McCarthy. He's played well here the last three years. Top 20 the last three years. For three straight years. So I like that with Denny McCarthy there at 6,600. Um, his stats aren't great, but he is number one in the field in putting on Bermuda grass greens. Yeah. So that's pretty good also. Um, another guy that I like, uh, you know, Grayson Sig. I mean, this yeah. Grayson Sig is just going to be fantastic on tour and a stud for a long time to come. You know, I mean, he was one of the top ball strikers on tour on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, I mean, look, last or at the Fortinet, he played well, made the cut and everything. I mean, he is going to be a force on this tour for a long time. So I like Grayson Sig there at, uh, what is he at 6,900? Yeah, 6,900. Like him. And then John Augenstein. Yeah. 6,700. I like him. You know, Augenstein kind of like was the hot name, you know, played in the Masters, all that kind of stuff, US Amateur, whatever else. And he kind of fit, he wasn't really as good as people thought he would be immediately. Because they saw people like Kyle Morikawa and Victor Hovland and you know Matthew Wolf and those guys and what they did coming out of college immediately. And Augustine kind of had a slow start, but he's coming on a little bit lately. I like where his form that is at. He was 37th at the Wyndham Championship. He was T6 at the Fortinet, which I feel like everybody was T6. A hundred <laughs> names were T6 at the Fortinet. Um, but he was still there. He was still there, and at sixty. By the way, how close were we to a Maverick McNeely win at the Fortinet? Gosh uh, dang it! God, crap. Anyway, so Augustine, I like at sixty-seven hundred. Another guy, sixty. Love so it. There you, go. you ready to build a DraftKings lineup in two minutes? Yeah, let's do it. You get the timer. I got the 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 names. We're how gonna, many minutes again? Two minutes. We do this every time. Two minutes. All right, we're gonna build a DraftKings tournament GPP lineup. We're going, Pat. Let's go. This is, a, this is a good week, man. Let's go bold with this one. I want to go, I, I want to have some of these 6K guys in there, and then I want to stack it up. You know what I mean? Okay, well, let's start with the 6K okay. then. Okay, all right, let's do that, but you got to tell me when to go. All right, ready? One, two, three, go. Nick Hardy. Okay. Uh, Nick Hardy. Um, uh... Do we go another 6K guy or do we go like low sevens, like a Lipsky? Let's go to Lipsky because that was the you first like guy I was just about to say. Okay. All right, Lipsky. What about, um, what about, I see, I don't even like the upper sevens other than Pendrith. I like Rogers, Pendrith. 
Um, or do we? What? Let's go up to the top now. Okay. Who do we like up top? I, I like Burns. Uh, we both liked M. I I also like I Connors. Think, what about Connors? Let's I'll go, go Connors. Connors. Um, what if we do uh, uh, distance training Hoffman? Fine. I feel like that's good karma because I went on a rant about that. We got a minute left, by the way. All right, we got two golfers. Average salary of eighty four hundred left. Okay, so we um, could go. Um, let's go with some Seamus. I love that. All right, so we got yeah. eight thousand left. We don't necessarily. I'm not going to max it because I don't want Gim or Schwab. I don't want Todd. I don't. I can't do Bramlett. I can't do Mitchell. I could do Pendrith. Pendrith, I feel like is going to be sneaky higher. In. You think so? Stallings, Stallings. I'm okay with. Ugh. Yeah. I like I like Stallings. Okay, I like Stallings. I'll go Stall. I'll, I'll or list. <laughs> Let's go list. I mean, we got to do list. We got to do list. We got to do list. All right. So the lineup is we did it. We did it in under two minutes. Lineup is eighteen seconds left. Connors, Charlie Hoffman, Seamus Power, Luke List, David Lipsky, and Nick Hardy. That is the GPP lineup that we have selected. The two-minute men, we found some agreement. We got, we got through that one well. That was good. Good for us. Credit to us. Credit to you for watching the Tour Junkies podcast. We're about to be right back, if you're watching live, for the betting show. Going to have a good time. I got a really nice uh, let them hang prediction for this week I'm excited about. So, yeah, comment in the YouTube. Comment, comment, comment. Number one, do you believe the Bryson and Brooks feud is over? I'd like to hear your takes on that. What was your favorite non-golf shot, non-golf moment from the Ryder Cup? And uh, also, if you're a member of the Nut Hut, tell us why you love the Nut Hut. Tell the people why they love the Nut Hut. Thank you guys for watching. Thanks for listening. May your screens be green. We'll be back next week. See you.